kick one, two, one, two, bitch. bitch. What up, what up, what up, people? What up? This is episode 294. 294. Of the most kind of consistent podcast in the area. Give me a hell, yeah. The logical sense. This is your boy, Busby. And over at your boy, JC No Hunters. And life. Life, 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 life keeps on happening for both of us in a good way. Man, life don't life don't keep happening. I got COVID. <laughs> that ain't life. What the fuck are you talking about? Life keeps happening. <laughs> I was trying to be optimistic and shit. That was not shit. optimistic. No, life did not keep happening. <laughs> I, I, I attempted to. We attempted to record Monday that that Monday, but for whatever reason, it just didn't come together. And by Tuesday, I was fully succumbed to symptoms. Symptoms. <laughs> I like how you said yeah. symptoms. <laughs> yeah, police came to all kinds of, of symptoms. The, the worst part of it was was I think I got uh, well, not think. I'm pretty sure that I was uh, what's the term uh, exposed that Friday going into Easter, mm. and so uh, yeah, I started feeling. If I had to chronicalize, I started feeling fatigued on Monday, but I thought I was just tired because of the weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. before and then Tuesday came in and I came home right before the Lakers playing game and I was like I need to take a nap I don't I'm not really feeling too hot so I told Britt I was going to bed woke up Lakers made me sick during the playing game but they pulled it out so I, I just thought they made me sick mm-hmm. and then I woke up at three in the morning full-fledged sweat hot fever and I was like I need to take a home test and I took one and it said positive and I immediately made a refuge in the living room because I had to get away from Britt and the baby Mm. You have no idea how hard that is. You have no idea how hard that is to try to find refuge on the couch in a in a two bedroom apartment <sighs> with the bedroom right next to the living room. It's the hardest thing ever to to do. And then on top of that, uh, so that was Wednesday. By Friday, I this isn't hyperbole. Like I'm not trying to make this as a joke, but on Friday, I, I legitimately thought I was gonna die. My yeah. my throat caved in. I felt like my throat had caved in. And it, when I could swallow, it felt like I was swallowing glass. So I, I thought I, I thought I was done. Um, so Britt got me into the car, got me into the emergency room. They were able to get me back on track. They gave me the medication needed to fight off COVID. I'm mixing that with NyQuil and DayQuil. And by, I want to say by that Sunday or Monday, I was starting to feel okay enough to, you know, just like, okay, this is normal sickness type feeling. Mm-hmm. And then by Wednesday, uh, I took an in-home COVID test because I couldn't get an appointment uh, for the official until Friday, so I'd give it to work. But I took an in-home this previous Wednesday, and that joint said negative. Round of applause for that. So I survived COVID. And mm-hmm. then immediately we took off and went to Half Moon Bay so we could have a baby moon, which it's it's similar to a honeymoon where you go away after the wedding. This one is a baby moon is you get together for one last uh, getaway before the baby arrives. Okay. So we did that, had nice waves uh, next to our room. We got to hear that all day and all night. That was refreshing. Mm. 
And yeah, came back and pretty much came back, changed man. I had to come back and start putting furniture together because at this point in time, I think this might be the final episode where uh, we do this without an, illog- an illogical child in the, in the room. I think, I think they're going to be here by next week. <laughs> an illogical child coming into mm-hmm. this illogical world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hey man, hey man, you you almost there. You the, you pretty much at the what's it called finish line, pretty much. We're so in the end start game striding. now. Yeah, we're in the end game now. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, I'm happy yeah. you're still here. I can tell you that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, actually, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I was a thought process going to the emergency room. I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna leave a fatherless child. <laughs> <laughs> you are leaving a child. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn. Yeah. God, God really does have a sense of humor. I'm able to have my dark humor now, but but you laugh now, it. but back then it wasn't funny. Shit wasn't funny yeah. then. Yeah, Shit. I can laugh now, but I was crying earlier. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, yuck, I was listening to that. For like the, I was been going on a whole Pusha T binge ever since Jim Jones has started talking shit about Pusha T for whatever reason. Yeah, I was in the middle. Just, I was in the middle of dying, so I don't know what's going on with that. Oh, so <laughs> I let me update you for a bit. So pretty much what happened is that Jim Jones was on. I forgot that Spotify podcast, Rap Caviar, and they were talking about the top fifty MCs. And for whatever reason, he said that Pusha T is not considered a top 50 MC. He feels Big Sean is better. Drake Drake is considered one of the goats. And he kept saying that Pusha T is just not a top 50 MC at all. No one listens hmm. to him in the club and all that other shit, right? So right. everyone's like, what the fuck? So then he goes on uh, Breakfast Club and he doubles down on it. And he keeps doubling down, saying that Pusha is not a top fifty MC. And then he well, asked Char- <laughs> then he asked Charlemagne how many how many Pusha T could you name five Pusha T records? And Charlemagne was like, yeah. And then he changed the subject, <laughs> not changed the subject, but he went to the next question. <laughs> you know, and that was he's funny doubling- that was, that, okay. That makes sense now because somebody wrote on Twitter. They said Jim Jones can't even name five Jim Jones songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I'm going like, and people are saying the reason why Jim Jones is doing all this is because he's being loyal to Drake because Drake brought his ass out on during the Apollo fucking show and he brought Dipset out. So he might be like doubling down saying that Drake's the GOAT and Pusha T's like not top 50. I, I don't know. I just know Pusha's going to hurt that man's feelings because you know what's coming. Well, you notice, you also know that Cam ain't said nothing because Cam too busy with Mace on It Is What It Is. And Cam mm-hmm. was also featured on uh, the Popeyes record, so. Okay, so, like I said, <laughs> Push, is gonna, Push is doing that Gangsta Grills with DJ Drama. So, it's going to come, and when it does come, he's going to hurt that man's feelings. And you know it's coming. More than likely. Yeah. Yeah. But what hurt my feelings? Yeah, but what hurt my feelings? The ending to Snowfall. And I've been waiting, baby. Round of applause for that series, by the way. Rest in peace, John Singleton. Round of applause for everybody, actors, the crew, all that shit. Yeah, I was, I, I really jumped the gun uh, going into that episode, that third episode or after the third episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, boy, did they, they, uh, they exceeded my expectations. Uh, yeah. Snowfall will definitely go down as an all-timer 
Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not ready to start ranking it because it just ended. I don't like ranking yeah. stuff right away. Uh, in addition to that, the shows that I hold in high regard also have one up on Snowfall, which is the fact that it's on premium cable, so there's no commercials. So mm-hmm. I also factored that in. But at the same time, Snowfall has definitely made its way, if not in all uh, households, in within mm-hmm. black and brown households for sure. And this is by far the most divisive ending for a series that I've ever encountered. Right, which now uh, leads, us to the, leads us to the question, did you like the ending? Loved it. Like, for me personally, this is... It was. I thought about this ending for two days straight. Like when it ended, I just sat there in silence. Like this fucked me up. Like even when the credits came on, I was just sitting there because you heard Kendrick's pride playing, and I'm like, "Wow, that's how it ends." And then I'm just sitting there, almost reduced to tears. Like this is fucked up. And then like two days later, I'm still sitting thinking. I woke up thinking about it, went to work thinking about it. Then like two days later, I'm still thinking about it. I never had that happen for a show before. You know what I mean? Oh, let me put like, a picture for you on my end. So uh, we're in, we in the hotel, right? I'm hearing waves and it's sounding nice. Uh-huh. The Lakers blow an opportunity to beat the Grizzlies because John Morant's out and they lose by damn near 20. So I'm pissed off already. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, Britt decides to go to sleep and I'm like, okay, that's cool. So now I can, you know, I'll go into the living room area and I'll watch, I'll watch Snowfall. I watch it and I'm like, now I got to go to sleep sad. (laughs) 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 Like, damn, man. (laughs) Lakers lost and now Franklin lost on the street. Damn. (laughs) Damn. Like, Uh, out of all of thought I thought the ending was extremely tragic and poetic at the same time it was i thought that it was very in line with the godfather 2 um in terms of michael corleone striving to do everything to protect his family and in the end being the lone family member left like he's all alone yeah trust anybody he's you know he may have won the war but in he may have won the battles but in terms of the internal conflict of war he completely lost he's by himself Mm-hmm. Um, I got that same uh, same vibe with, with Franklin Saint. Uh, we saw a character le- legitimately make the rags to riches claim, mm-hmm. and then in the end, his greed is what caused him to be alone. Yeah, and literally, that was the first thing said in the in the first episode. It said, "Don't let greed." Con-, I'm paraphrasing. He said, "Don't let greed consume you, because then that's your that's your weakness." They they right. found you weakness if you let greed consume you, right. and it was so fucked up. I just sat back and I'm like, I can't rewatch this series knowing what's gonna happen. But now that I've kind of sat on it, I might go back and rewatch it because I was I saw this YouTube clip, this YouTube um, on FX I posted five months ago, right before the fucking right before the last season aired, pretty much saying the, it was titled "The Rise and Fall of Franklin Saint." Oh, yeah. I watched that when it, I watched that when it came out. Yeah, they literally spelled it out for everyone, letting people know this is not going to end well for Frank Franklin. Right. Now, I didn't expect this type of ending because it was like, like after the after episode nine, you know, after when Teddy got shot and Sissy went to jail and shit like that. I'm like, okay, where can they go with this? Because I'm like, it's too, okay, it's too hold on. The... Hang on, hold what? up, hold up, hang on, time out. Oh, we're oh. not going to gloss over. <laughs> we're not going to gloss Somebody over. Did this. Arguably the funniest 
the most unintentionally funniest part of this entire series. Okay, I know, I know. So everybody's seen this now, so I don't need to go into detail. But the fact that they go to this drop and Sissy still has it in her head, thinking that Teddy was telling the truth and that Alton was still alive. So she goes up to him and says, where is he? And he goes, huh? What Where's prison? Alton? Which prison is he in? Bitch, have you lost your fucking mind? I shot that motherfucker <laughs> twice in the head. Dead. Blood everywhere. Hey, Ann. Hey, Ann. How you doing? <laughs> I just know, he just had that look on his face. He was like, what? No, I shot him twice and dumped his body. Hello? <laughs> bad part. Hello? It's like when if your mom cusses you out. If that ain't the epitome of code switching, I have ever seen a white man did the code switching. Bitch, I'd have killed your motherfucking he husband. Two in the head. Pow, pow. Bury the body. Hey, Ann. Hey, how Ann. you doing? <laughs> hey, Ann. How you doing? <laughs> I, I... I paused that at the time of watching, and I laughed for two minutes straight before I even hit play. I said, she's going to kill this motherfucker, but I kept laughing the entire time. Oh, man. Now, that ending, yeah, that ending for episode nine, when she shot him, at first, I was in total shock, because I knew it was going to happen, but it was just like, how it happened? I was like, oh, my God, the money. Oh, my God. But then... And Franklin, Franklin, and Franklin, dumbass. This, this is what greed does to you. <laughs> greed oh, thinks yeah. that you, greed think makes you believe that you are superior and almighty. This man mm-hmm. out here having his final breath, he's like, no, no, he, he got the number, he got it. Come on, come on, Teddy, he got the number. Come on, Teddy, come on, Teddy, come on, Teddy, come on, Teddy, And then the F, the other F, the other CIA dude just went like, ain't my problem. He walked away. Motherfucker walked out and said, damn, I gotta get this KGB motherfucker by myself now. You feel me? Like, no, Ted, say the code. Say the code. And then you see Sissy just with her hands in the air. And she just looked at Franklin, which were her last words to him that she ever said to him was goodbye, Franklin. And that was the last thing she ever said to him. Because in the in the last episode, in the series finale, she didn't say one word to Franklin. Even when he went to visit her, she yep. did not say one word. And that, so man, that, that shit hurt me, too. So, so now that brings me to the next my next question. Was it ego, narcissism, or pride that took Franklin down? Could it be like a all of the above? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you why it's pride. So ego is defined as an inflated feeling of pride in your superiority to others. Mm-hmm. Franklin did feel superior, but it wasn't that wasn't where his basis was. Okay. Narcissism is a self-centered personality style characterized as having an excessive preoccupation with oneself and one's own needs often at the expense of others now that does fit mm-hmm. franklin no it does because he he used everybody in his family to ultimately get what he wanted and ultimately lose it but what yeah. happens with pride is it's defined as a feeling of deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievements the achievements of those with whom one is closely associated or from qualities or possessions that are widely admired damn so he was a he was a narcissist that allowed his pride to take him down. Yeah, and and when I watched that fucking the rise and fall of Franklin on the, on the YouTube, it literally spelled out everything throughout the entire series. And I'm like, oh, so the network and even the creators they spelled this out for you. Franklin was gonna go down. He was not gonna ride off into the sunset. Now. Ugh. Now this goes to now this goes to the, the how divisive the ending was to uh, because on one side me and JC we love the ending you know what I mean 
Mm-hmm. Then there's the other side of people that hate the ending that that are literally blaming CC and Leon for everything. They say they felt that they have powerful niggardry at work. <laughs> they blamed them for Franklin's downfall. Yeah. I I've done see and it's just like, did you watch the same series that I watched? Like, did you just I saw, did <laughs> I, I saw a think piece go as far as to say that this ending was not only unrealistic, but it's very anti-heterosexual black men and masculinity. What? Are you serious? Yes. What kind of shit is that? Dead ass series. Did we watch the same series? Like, I mean, I know, I know what I watch. I don't care what other people in, in, interpreted. This is what happens when you allow music, TV, movies, and video games to dictate to you how the drug game works. I mean, I was, I was seeing <laughs> shit. I was seeing motherfuckers say this was bad writing. I was seeing like, I was like, bad writing. Are you serious? Oh, Snowfall oh, had bad. Snowfall has had bad writing throughout the, no, but f- the oh, series. Yeah, of course, wrong. It did. They had this, bad writing throughout the series, but this wasn't. The ending was far from bad writing. It was real. He, yeah, everything went full circle. Sadly, he like frankly literally became his father because his father was in the very first episode as a as a homeless drunk, just like what Franklin became. Mm-hmm. And, oh man, it. Just everything about that, everything about that last scene when Lee, when he, when he told only person who only person who survived, which I was which I was literally shocked was Leon. I thought Leon was going to die. To be no, honest, no, he wasn't the only one. Le- I mean, I mean, out of Franklin's crew, you know what I mean. I thought Leon was going to die. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh, well, wow. I, well, I'll 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 get to that because there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, intangible evidence to show why that was. Mm. Um, but in terms of Franklin himself, I saw a lot of people saying, yeah, they blame Leon, they blame Louie, they blame Sissy. Mm. But the reality is, is that Franklin showed that he was unredeemable long before he even killed the, uh, the, the locksmith. Franklin became yeah. unredeemable in season two when he killed Kevin. Mm-hmm. He was unredeemable after season one, in my opinion. No, 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 no. I'm gonna tell you, no. I'm gonna tell you why. Season two, when he oh. killed Kevin, he didn't kill Kevin. He killed Kevin because he chose his empire material over love and loyalty. Yeah, yeah, he did. That was when and he became t- unredeemable. And then people actually still sided with Franklin. Did they think he was gonna go out like Scarface or something? Yeah, like, and that was and so and so that was that. That's <laughs> moment, that's something that's important to recognize in the ending. His. His family, they all wanted out throughout the series. Mm-hmm. Uncle Jerome, he wanted to sell sound systems. Sissy kept telling Franklin to cash in on the real estate and get out. And mm-hmm. Leon in season four, he showed that he was at odds with Franklin. So he remember, he tells he, he told Franklin that he, he lost himself to greed of money because he didn't like the fact that they had to work with Oso because he blamed Oso's uh, as responsible for the death of Kevin. Mm-hmm. So then he cuts ties with him. Then he goes on and, you know, he has the, he shoots Khadijah and Scully's daughter, right? Yeah. But then after Khadijah dies, he goes back to Franklin. He says, I'm done. I want out. And what does Franklin tell him? I need you where I need you. You're not Mm -hmm. leaving. You're not going anywhere. So this entire time, like people are, people are blaming everybody that, but throughout the series, they wanted out. 
It was Franklin that kept them in the game. Frankly, did not allow them to leave. Frankly, did not allow them to leave at all. Which is now, which is now important. Which now, as you say that, this is why it's important to recognize everybody's fates. Every Mm -hmm. elder that Franklin genuinely loved received an ending that the audience wanted for Franklin. Mm. Sissy got life in prison. Franklin should have got life in prison. Jerome's dead. He should have been dead. Louis is her life is on the run. So yes, she was. Mm -hmm. She technically escaped, but she didn't escape on her terms. She's on the run for the rest of her life. Okay. Leon Mm -hmm. got the happy ending because Leon physically left L.A. with his soul intact. Mm -hmm. He went to Ghana. Yep. Wanda's still alive because Wanda's still alive because she went to Ghana. Melody Mm -hmm. is still alive because Melody left for Texas. Mm -hmm. Also got away because also. So so here's the here is how it works. Everybody that left the hell that Franklin created got out. But everybody that stayed in the hell that Franklin created, they stayed in their hell. Mm-hmm. Louis technically got out, but Louis didn't leave on her own terms. She was forced out. So she, in turn, is still a part of that hell. Yeah. So that's yeah. why Leon was that's why Leon was able to get away. He he physically left the hell with his soul intact. He Pretty still remembered much. who he was. If you notice he was kind of looking like Uncle Jerome too, with his goatee mm-hmm. and shit like that. He was kind and of and even yeah, and even walking like him too. Right. But and then he still had hope for Franklin. He was still trying to save him. That, that was the heartbreaking part in the end when he was still trying to save Franklin. Even when they went to the liquor store, the same liquor store that Franklin worked at in the very first episode. And he went and Franklin and he just told him like, hey, man, we got to help the youth and all this other shit. And all Franklin, hey, you got hey, you got ten dollars. And he just gave him twenty dollars. And I was just like, fuck, man. And. Ugh. Oh man, and the, and the only and the only person that fucking sissy talked to in the last episode was Leon, and she said that Franklin Franklin was my greatest failure, but you are my greatest mistake, and I love you. No, 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 no. She what said she that say? Franklin was her greatest tragedy, and Leon yeah. was her greatest surprise. Surprise, yes, yes. And then she fuck, and then after that. Yeah, then after that, and Franklin told him that I am proud of you. You are my best friend and I'm proud of you. Which <laughs> which is too little too late because he had all the opportunities to tell him that he was proud of him, but he kept he kept holding rank over him. Mm-hmm. And that was another thing too, was as he was going mad throughout the, the finale, you could tell that he he genuinely did not love his his people in that moment. He they were they were chess pieces on a board to him to ultimately get what he wanted he Mm -hmm. prioritized the the money over everybody it wasn't about because here's the thing too i realized in somebody made a good uh they pieced things together where they showed the two of them and kevin going down that same street uh in season one Mm -hmm. and they played pride they played pride the beginning of pride uh, there and then it flowed through with the final scene what mm-hmm. I noticed in that was that if it was really about love and loyalty, Franklin would have died or gone to jail. Yeah, but it was true. It was about it was about the greed. So as a result, he is a he is legitimately a dead man walking mm, because he, he saw he sold his soul. So he has Literally. no soul. He so he, he has no soul. He prioritized. I never really even the whole series, uh, the last two seasons, I never even thought that he was excited to become a father. He, he didn't really acknowledge that portion of his life that was coming. He was just he. It was like it was a, it was in the back of his mind, pretty much. The way he the way he was written and how his character was, it was always in the back of his mind. 
him being a father. He, it, it was always just about the business and about his money and trying to get what he wanted. He was trying to set everything up and then he'll become a father. You know what right. I mean? But, that's, in turn, but in turn, but in turn, that because, it, and I'm speaking as somebody who's about to become a father, because mm-hmm. he didn't put this at the forefront, he allowed himself to treat uh, Veronique in ways that he shouldn't have even thought about treating her. I mean, yes, everybody knows that she, I saw a lot of people blaming her too, like, oh, she ran off with the money. And it was, well, remember when he first notified her of what Sissy did, her response was, come back here. Let's fix this. Let's, let's do this together. We can, we can mm-hmm. find a way to get out. So she didn't leave him. She gave mm-hmm. opportunities to come back and say, and what did, what was his first response? His first response was to go back to the bar and he consumed his first cup of alcohol. Drink. Ever. His first drink. Yeah, ever. So then he turns. So he was already a monster, but then the alcohol really brings it out of him. And then mm-hmm. he puts his hands on her. And that's when she realized what her mom said, which was always have a backup plan. And that's when she saw in her, she looked in his eyes and realized he has no soul. I got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. So it took all it took all the money. It took the, what was left of the money and just disappeared. Right. With the baby. So, and again, so from that aspect, no, Franklin, he is reaping what he sowed. He created an environment where it wasn't about love. It was all about the material possession, which was money. I'm still one of those people where I don't say money is the root of all evil. It's the it's the lust for, for mm-hmm. more. This mm-hmm. just happened to be money because if it wasn't money. If they said this in 2023 and they said crypto, well, it's crypto. If it was about gold, <laughs> it would have been about gold. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, yeah. it's the lust, it's the lust of power and the, the lust for more. And wanting more. And it just fucked me up. This thing, like Frank, this seeing what Franklin became in the end, it fucked me up. Cause I've always, cause we, I've watched, I've watched, um, what's it called? Snowfall. I guess you could say since the beginning. And I watched it from the beginning. I think I, I'm trying to find out when I watched it, but you know, I watched it since its early beginnings and shit like that. And it just seen just what Franklin was, how he always stood tall. He, he, he sound, he's, he's talked smart. He was always just like the leader and shit. Even when you watch Hulu and it says, Oh, watch uh, snowfall streaming. You see Franklin standing tall, like a fucking black, like a black superhero damn near. Right. And then in the end you see him, looking like a damn bum walking down the street. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, it's just... Well, he wasn't looking like a bum. He was a bum. Yeah. Like, he was a bum, and then that's how it ended. And and then seeing how people just don't understand that concept, but they said it was unbelievable that Franklin, like, Franklin was so smart, he was so this. And then I'm like, dude, do you have you ever met a homeless dude or a bum that said that, oh, yeah, I used to do this back in the day. I used to be like this and be like that and da-da-da-da-da. And you never believed them? Yeah, this is one hundred percent believable. Yeah, because they even brought up, they brought up the good point. Even then, they said, "Well, Franklin, he's so far gone. Who is going to believe him that he smuggled cocaine in on behalf of the CIA? Who's going to believe mm-hmm. that?" And that's why the CIA stopped following him because they knew, yeah, he's done. He's just he's mm-hmm. just a bum now. And oh man, the crackers, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. And, and honestly, this ending fucked with me more than like all of them. Like with the Sopranos, when it ended, like it was so abrupt. I said this on Twitter. The end, Sopranos ending, it was so abrupt. But the feeling of having no closure for the entire like family and shit, like there was closure, but not really. It was very intriguing. You know what I mean? No, no. Sopranos wasn't abrupt. The, mm. Here's what the you binged the the Sopranos. No, 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 I'm talking about when it happened. Like I'm talking. No, 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 I'm no, no, what, I'm, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, is mm. the same effect happened here through the Sopranos. That's why Sopranos season six is two parts. 
Uh, Everybody saw in, in part A what could potentially be. Mm-hmm. And part B was him doubling down into pretty much the, the demon inside of him and moving forward. So it wasn't abrupt. It, it was, I, I, we saw oh, what took place. I didn't watch it in lifetime, but that's also one of the reasons why I only watch, I allow myself to watch like two or three episodes a day because you okay. got to give it time to breathe to have that feeling. When you binge it all at once, you, it does feel abrupt. But if you, you got to remember, these series, these series also, they had weeks in, in, in between. Mm-hmm. So people had time to sit with them. I think with the ending with Sopranos, it was more of a mystique thing. Like there's like it's like a mystique over the ending. Like what happened, but we don't know. I mean, you do know, but you don't know. You know, so that's that's the mystique of it. With Breaking Bad and The Wire, those had like in a way definitive endings. It was like it was like satisfying endings. Like you know, Walter White bleeding out. And he became like a kingpin martyr. He went out on his own terms. And I'm like, okay, I'm good with that. The end of The Wire, everybody's stories got kind of wrapped up, but they're still, they're still kind of open-ended. But it's like it's like a good like ending mark for the show. You know what I mean? It was like mm-hmm. a satisfying ending. Like, you're satisfied with that, right? This shit, it just... The ending of Snowfall just hit so different for me because it felt uh, personal. I, I disagree. Uh, I disagree. Well, you okay. were satisfied with seeing Dookie go to that damn house and start hitting that heroin? Okay. When, okay, when I say satisfying, I mean it was an ending that was like, damn, but you didn't, you weren't really fucked up about it in the end. Like you didn't really, you thought about it, but it was like, damn, that's fucked up. Well, okay, I can understand that. When it when it wrapped up everybody's characters, you were, just, I was kind of like, damn, that's fucked up. But you were just like, okay, Dookie's the new Bubbles. Okay, Chris is the new Omar. Okay, so everything is just going full circle again. Okay. I, 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 it sucks, but I'm like, that's the city of Baltimore. Like, I, I was comfortable with that ending. That's Michael, what I mean. Michael was a new Omar. Chris Michael was, in jail. was a new. Yeah, Chris was in jail. My fault. But I thought Chris died. No, Chris was doing, Chris did like 17 life sentences, same way we did. Oh, baby. yeah. Oh, yeah. True, 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 true. But I'm just saying that ending to the wire, that was like a, that was an ending that, that didn't leave me fucked up, is what I'm trying to say. I'm like, okay, I get that ending. This ending to Snowfall just fucked me up because it felt personal. It felt personal because you literally, we literally saw him from the beginning and it was just like, it's literally the rise and fall. Literally the rise and fall of Franklin Saint. I, I, I get that from that aspect. It did fuck me up, but not to the point where it was, again, when I was able to think about Godfather 2, I was like, nah, this isn't, this isn't far-fetched. Like it, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's not what you're used to seeing, but this isn't far-fetched. Like, I, I get it. Just seeing what people were saying, like seeing how some people just did, were just so upset about that ending, about what happened to Franklin. It's that's just that's wild to me. I'm like, wow, did you guys watch? You guys did not watch the same series, or you guys really just wanted him to win? Like, did you really think he was going to escape all this? Yeah, they really, did. they did. <laughs> I guess, man, you black and you doing all that? Hell no, you weren't going to escape that. It was just, I was just wondering how how was it going to happen. <laughs> like was he gonna go out to a blaze of glory? Was he gonna die? Because that would have been too predictable. This shit is worse than death. That shit was worse than death. Yeah, again, he was the Walking Dead. He's yeah. he's, he's dead man walking, literally. So that leads us into the, I guess, the spinoff that's gonna happen because they left little clues about where the where the series is gonna go or the spinoff. I guess the next series is gonna focus on Wanda. And when and then when Leon was talking to Franklin about what was going on, like since he left, he said that Wanda is going to go into the is getting into the music business, and that's all he really said. And I'm like, oh, okay, so we're going to be following. It's going to be some death row shit. 
Yeah, they did. They did a good job with their Easter eggs and overall hints throughout the series. Remember, a couple seasons ago, there was a kid walking around with a camera that was supposed to be John Singleton, and then mm-hmm. you end in the finale. It's them on the set of Boys in the Hood, which I saw from. I knew exactly where it was from Jump. I saw that forty-two jersey, and I was like, "That's Ricky's mm-hmm. little ass with that football." <laughs> and then, and then the shot that Franklin threw, which was y'all ain't gonna win no Oscar which is what John Singleton had always said people would come by the set saying to him as he was filming. You have that. Uh, I forgot who the kid was a few seasons ago that started rapping the lifestyle about what they were doing. Yeah. That was a, that's something that's, if they move forward with the spinoff, that's definitely going to come into play. Uh, so they did a lot of, I did a lot of good Easter eggs in terms of media and consumerism that they can definitely play with and call do callbacks with going into that if it, if there is a spinoff that happens mm-hmm. but yeah man that's that was a, that was a that was a fitting end that's how that's how i look at it for a crab drama that was a fitting end yeah it was great Shit. Yeah, it was i have no problems with it it sucks yeah, don't but, worry about it. i mean that's why yeah, i mean the man the man chose he, he chose his fate so uh, king i'm not gonna be sad over First of all, I ain't gonna be sad over no fictional character, but at I the mean, same yeah. time, but at the same time, when you see somebody choose their fate, it does suck to see. But at the same time, you just accept it, and the reality was, mm-hmm. was he accepted his fate seasons ago. Yeah, it can, it, it it, this is this is this is what happens. People are disappointed because their expectations are uh, are unrealistic, and that's mm-hmm. when you that's when disappointment comes into play. Is when you have unrealistic expectations. So for all these seasons, they kept watching this man go down and spiral downward uh, in terms of his want for possession and, and just overall greed. And then when you finally see it, it was like, well, what, like you were saying, what made you think it was going to be a happy ending? Even if it wasn't the happy ending, what made you think that it was going to be something that you anticipated if he allowed himself to be consumed with this greed? Mm-hmm. Because he already went to prison. He already went to prison in the first, in what, the second season? He already season? got shot. He already got shot. And it's just like, like, where else was there to go? Like, if he died, that would have been too damn obvious. He it would have been way too liquor. obvious. He ain't had that liquor in his system. Yeah, in his in his heart. You know? Yeah. So, ah, oh, man. That's a great series. I'm going to miss that show. Well, I'm kind of going to miss it because the last season, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was walking that line. So That tiger. Yeah. Tiger style. Tiger so, style. It even ended like a John Singleton movie. That's how like, yeah. the ending to it. It kind of ended like a John Singleton movie. <laughs> yeah, shit. It, that, this could be part of his hood trilogy, kind of, or his hood, you know, you know, his hood movie saga, whatever. From no, it, it won't. But, this is something completely different. Well, I know, but it ended like a John Singleton shit. No, yeah, it, ended in, it ended in that fashion. But just because it ends in the fashion doesn't mean that yeah. you correlate it and put it with his. Film work. Those are films. Yeah, this was, and it said, and I like, and I, and I like the part where it said for John, in the end. Yeah, and I was just like, damn. I hope if he was, if wherever he is, you know, God bless his soul, man. If he saw that ending, I hope he said, I'm pretty sure he'd be satisfied with that ending. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so salute to them. Absolutely. Now, somebody who ain't gonna get their shows missed, Frank Ocean. Somebody did this. Boy, I'm glad I was breathing again because I saw all of the the powerful niggardry around this 
this Coachella <laughs> performance, and boy, yeah, it was. Pretty- yeah, Frank Frank Ocean is. Uh, I've been saying for years that Frank Ocean, while a great artist, he definitely has his flaws. He does I mean, not deserve to be put up into that upper echelon. A great body of work so far, but he doesn't have that body of work that's just completely, you know, immortal. Yeah, because he, he doesn't put anything. He doesn't put anything out. So Frank Ocean was supposed to headline Coachella uh, because he was supposed to make up for 2020, right? And mm-hmm. he had all these. As we come to find out, he had all these requests. Uh, he requested an ice skating rink in the damn near middle of the damn desert. Uh, they, they had Olympic there? gold medal. They had Olympic gold medalists. And they, they were going to they were going to skate around them or some shit like that. Right. It was going to be a very for, extravagant uh, set. Yeah, for an almost two hour set. I believe the set was supposed to be an hour fifteen, hour thirty. Um, mm-hmm. What else took place? Okay, so then that the day of he then says, "Okay, I don't want this shit no more." Literally hours before. Yeah, literally hours yeah, before. And then when the the crew is trying to trying to figure out, okay, well, are you like, what what can we do to fix this? He goes, well, if you don't fix this, then you know we're not gonna do the live stream. No, okay. he pretty much said- so then they're so then they're fixing it, and then he's like, well, we're still not, I'm, we're not live streaming this, we're not doing the live stream. So then he starts holding that over their heads. Mm-hmm. Then when he comes out, according to reports, he does different renditions of his songs and they're like these rock versions of these R&B I, I watched it because someone someone fr- at Coachella they went on Twitch and they were live streaming his performance so I was watching this shit when I was I was kind of watching the shit on my phone when I was at work and pretty much what you described and that's what it was like he was kind of halfway singing songs lip syncing some songs he would kind of pause and start going on long talks saying like yeah you know I've, I've been working on this there's no new there's no new album coming not saying there is an album coming but you know and i was like okay then <laughs> yeah i know and then he just starts going on a whole he starts going on a whole like media like a whole what's it called media not a media like medley like he started playing like a DJ started playing medleys of like club anthems of his songs and shit like that and he saw a security guard shaking his ass which was random (laughs) and then you you couldn't really see him also you couldn't really see him on the stage because the way the screen looked the way it was set up like there was a big ass screen and you just couldn't see him but you saw him on the screen and I was just like, okay. And then the way the show was going, how he was performing, I'm like, yeah, he did y'all a favor not streaming this. It looked like he just didn't want to be there, to be honest. And then, literally, at around 1230 or whatever, like, after after one of the songs, he goes on the mic and says, hey, everybody, hey, they're telling me that's care for you. That's the end of the show. Have a good night. And that was it. What kind of shit is that? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for everybody that said that Blonde was a great album, you deserve this. <laughs> you deserve it. Yeah, yeah. I, I still can't get into Blonde, man. Like, honestly, he's only had four albums, so he's had, well, I mean, one mixtape, three three albums, and the Starja Ultra, Channel Orange, Endless, and Blonde. And Endless and was that. a scam of an album, which I support. I still support the, the practice of scamming, but it was still a scam of an album. And it still hasn't even been released properly. Like you got to go on his website to even buy this shit. And honestly, Endless is better than Blonde, in my opinion. So, yeah. but 
I was just like, I was just like, wow. And then meanwhile, on the other end of the stick, Weekend came out during like during Metro Boomin's performance and shut yeah, that no, whole yeah, shit yeah, down. Yeah, shout out, shout out to Metro Boomin. Did you watch Metro that? Boomin Did you watch was, that Metro Boomin, Metro Boomin wasn't. No, I I went back and kind of saw highlights of everything. Metro Boomin wasn't even on the main stage. He was on the side stage, and he had basically an ensemble. He had the weekend. He had future. Mm-hmm. Everybody that was mm-hmm. on that album came out and did their thing for his performance. I I watched the because they had the second weekend, so they had the second stream. So he streamed the second performance. Weekend came out again. Literally, the way the transitions were, dog, it was an experience. Yeah, Weekend come out, and then Future came out to do that song. They did that new song that they dropped, and then Future came out. And dude, that boy, Future is the one. Like when he was on Coachella, when he did, I just fucked your bitch on some Gucci flip flops. That whole, everyone just jumped, jumped for their lives. That shit was wild to see. Then after that, Don Tolliver came out and then fucking Offset came out in the end. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of weird to see because they were doing, what were they doing? I think they did Bad and Bougie, I think. And I was just like, that's kind of weird. But yeah, like Metro, he put on a show. Shout out to Metro. Absolutely. Also, Shout out to Bad Bunny. <laughs> Man, I don't know what the fuck he was saying. He had that shit rocking. That was a show. He put on a show. And I'm like, look at this boy, Bad Bunny. Didn't speak English. He even asked, y'all want me to speak in English or speak in Spanish? Spanish! Oh, da, 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 da. <laughs> yep. Well, you don't become one of the top grossing artists in the entire industry and give a bad show that that would go that would be counterproductive to your yeah. legacy so that's easy to understand the, the reason why i brought those two up is just like those are pop stars weekend bad bunny and that could have been frank ocean well, but you but you gotta be clear that wasn't the weekend set that was you gotta give that to metro I, I know, metro booming but this is like the second this is the second year that weekend has showed up this is like like frank ocean this was his first performance in like seven or eight years or some shit like that and he gave he gave his fans that oof i know his brother so, died and everything he might have been grieving but still yeah so now i got a question for that will festivals become more strict with headliners moving forward they need to they better be after what frank ocean did see i remember when kanye dropped out he gave them a week in advance so they could get someone else to headline so this shit, yeah, they have to be stricter. They cannot let yeah, you sign the contract. You better do this shit because they have yeah, to I, be stricter on them. I think these festivals are going to start moving like the NBA in terms of load management. Mm. So I think they're going to have it in in writing that there's not going to be any adjustments to your performance seven days prior. So a full week prior to the event. There's not going to be no, oh, I don't want this. I don't want that. Like, no, you. this is what it is. We're locked in now. So if you had mm-hmm. any changes, you needed to, to notify us. In addition to that, I think they're going to now send a quality control specialist to sit in on the rehearsal. That should, yeah, that would make sense. And, and I also believe that they're going to now have in the contracts, we're not doing this. I'm not going to stream bullshit. Either you're going to do this or you're not. Yeah, and don't wait to the last minute and say I'm not going to go on if you stream my performance. No, it says on this contract that you're supposed you're going to stream the show. So if you don't right. stream, the- if you don't do this shit, we're cutting your shit and we're going to sue you because you signed on the contract. Yeah, I do believe that there's going to be uh, some some arrangements and some clauses that go into that because you have certain artists that have streaming licensing and rights to other. 
<laughs> other entities. So I believe that if they can't work a, a deal out where, you know, they pay to have it streamed, I believe that those will be honored. But in terms mm-hmm. of just coming up and showing up and saying, well, I don't want to stream, that that's not going to happen. I also believe they're probably going to start working into effect unless it's an emergency. You have two weeks to let us know that you're going to be bowing out. So that way we have one full week to go and find a, a re- replacement act and have the rehearsal set in. So I believe it's going to be a situation where you're going to see two weeks from the event. That's going to be the final time unless it's, you know, some uh, a Travis Scott or a family emergency type situation. You have two weeks to drop out. Once you confirmed, you have one week to allow us to sit in on the rehearsal and confirm this is what it's going to be. And once you have it set up, a week prior to that, there are no changes. Mm-hmm. They said they lost millions off Frank Ocean, like leaving, like not showing up for the second for the second weekend and shit like that. What's even worse about that shit <clears throat> is that his people have the nerve to come out and say that Frank Ocean fucking um, fucked up his ankle before uh, a day before the fucking um, show. And I'm like, you weren't doing shit, bruh. Oh, no. And then they showed... And then there was was footage of him... Dude, there's footage of him walking into his car after the the incident, after the show was over, like, casually just walking. And I'm like, bro. I was like, dude... I just saw saw John Morant damn near break his hand and come back and put 25 in the fucking fourth quarter alone. No, I'm not... Fuck out of here, Frank. You ain't in the playoffs. Nah. You ain't rocking in the playoffs like that. I, I, was, I was in like how that's how you treat your fans, bro. Like, like that's how you literally treat your fans after being gone for that long. Like you literally said people came from all around the world. They paid good money to see you. And you just said you gave them a half ass performance and then left. Yeah. That's some whole shit, man. That's nasty. Man, work. I, that's nasty work, bro. Like shit. At least Kanye's an asshole. But at least he gave him a week in advance. He gave them a week notice. No saying he wasn't going to show up. Shit, man, that's just that's just some asshole shit. Other than that, a lot. That says a lot because you know Kanye hates niggas more than a Nazi. <laughs> Literally, but oh yeah, powerful niggardry at work No, but just looking back with y'all, I saw some of the sets. Like I saw who else was there? Lotto was up there. She put on a great set. Uh, Pusha mm-hmm. T had it on a great set. Um, which is Labyrinth. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Labyrinth showed up, and he brought out Zendaya this past weekend. That was pretty dope nice. to perform her songs from Euphoria. I guess that was her first performance in, like, decades. So that was pretty dope. And nice. who else? Blink-182 ended up headlining, and I'm like, wow, these niggas still around. Oh, shit. Dude, that nigga Travis yeah. Barker is, like, 47 years old. He does not look 47. Yeah. I mean, That's he even got his own new show on Hulu with... Uh, with... Not Chloe, Kendall, right? Or Courtney. No, not Kendall. Courtney. What's her? Yeah, Courtney. There you go. Oh, shit. They all look the no, same. No, is it, is, it, is it Courtney? Yeah, yeah, Courtney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, shit, they all look the damn same shit. No, they don't. <laughs> uh, but, um, you say that a yeah. lot about people that don't sound and don't look alike. <laughs> you, you say that a lot about people that do not sound alike and don't look alike at all. It makes me not, I don't, you know, yeah. So that now, now it makes me even question your judgment in terms of were we watching the same show, nigga? I don't know. Were we? <laughs> well, we were both sad in the end. So yeah. <laughs> Shit, man. But anyway, that's that's Coachella. So now. Yeah. Music, music did drop. Um, mm-hmm. I was able to when I when I beat COVID and I survived, and I was able to come to. I, I was able to listen to three projects. 
uh, I only gave him one spin because again, I was surviving and I <laughs> some other I was surviving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> surviving COVID. Um, but I listened to, to Ray Swimmer, Swim Life, Swim for Life, and I was like, wait, the Swims, they, they're back? I didn't even know they yeah, were back. Was I didn't even know they dropped a, a single. Quiet ass, that was a quiet-ass release. Yeah, quiet. and, and again, I'm, I'm just giving one listen, uh, one listen reviews, so this can easily change over time. But mm-hmm. I listened to this when I was putting baby furniture together yesterday, and I really liked it. I, it was okay. it was pretty damn good. Um, one song that stood out to me, I don't know why it stood out. It was towards the end of the album. It was Torpedo. Hmm. Great hook, great beat. I was rocking with it. Um, not so bad. Lean's Gone Cold was another good joint. Like I, I thought this was a really good project. I was very surprised that it came out with no hype around it, no promotion or anything like that. Um, yeah. They got two lone features on here, Young Thug and Future on two separate songs. Um, yeah, I, I, I just thought it was a good project put together. I was very surprised that it came with no promotion considering who they are. But it's good music to uh, to end the spring and start getting ready for summer. I'll tell you that much. There, mm-hmm. you, you know, you know where they stand when it comes to that. And they they produced oh, yeah. another one. Uh, next album I listened to was for motivational use only, Volume One, the Currency and Jermaine Dupri collaboration. Not that shit. Not I like I like that. Oh shit. man, it was it was talk about smooth bounce. Mm-hmm. Smooth bounce. This one was uh, released on both Jet Life and So So Def. This was great. I liked it. Never Enough is a dope track. Uh, there's two features on here uh, with Two Chains and Ti on separate records. Oh, that yeah. Two Chains uh, record off the lot. That was a great. That I I need that for the summer. That Ti feature is fucking fire too. Because Ti yeah. re- that Ti could re- he reminding people. Oh, I can still do this if I want to. So that, yeah. that was pretty, that was a dope that was a dope listen. Yeah, it, it, that was a, that was a re- that was a really good collab album just for the simple fact that it's. It's Spitta with his signature rhyming scheme and sound mixed with Jermaine Dupri and JD's his eloquence for bounce. Mm-hmm. Right, that was something where I was like, whoa, that <laughs> when's volume two coming? That could that coming during the summertime? Because I need that ASAP. <laughs> I need that. Facts. <laughs> I need I, I need that. Facts. <laughs> and then the final project I listened to uh, while I was surviving COVID was uh, Mozzie the Collect Call EP. That was great too. That's that's, yes, kinda, it was. that's it, it's setting up for Mozzie's release. I guess he comes out. I think he probably comes out like probably next month or in June. I think. I, I was about to say. I think it's. I I know it's uh, at some point during the summer. I know he's coming. Yeah. Back right they, yeah. Who, yeah. Go on. Uh, this was something nice. A, a nice little six pack uh, to hold people over, especially with coming off of Survivor's Guilt, which I was one of my top ten rap albums last mm-hmm. year. Yeah, yeah. There, there was really nothing. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm telling you, I Mozzie is that select artist. When he speaks, I believe everything he says. Mm-hmm. It's it's authentic. He doesn't try to sell himself as something he's not. Everything is is what he, you know. You, you hear the pain and, and survivor in him. It's, yeah. it's just it's pure authenticity. It's he no different from here. Yeah, no different from here. Um, mm-hmm. Hole in my heart with E Mozzie and Sully Rue, of course the 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 Gangland Squadron. Man, <laughs> like it's it's Mozzie. I, I ain't got no problems with a Mozzie project. 
shout out to his label for like literally milking this because because I've noticed like back in January I started hearing Mozzie features just randomly start popping up and I'm going like oh and I think in March you started seeing a lot more and now they dropped the EP yeah Empire they got they they got this rollout ready remember he's not just Empire he's CMG. Yeah, CMG too. I forgot about that. Yeah, he's CMG. Yeah, no, he's he's CMG. The, the, remember, this wasn't. He's not on Empire anymore. This is a CMG Interscope release. This mm. is this is Yo Gotti and them on. I'm put throwing uh, not throwing him in. in I don't want to use that as a derogatory term, but they're they know he's on the way back out. So they're they're creeping. They obviously have backed uh, Glorilla uh, and rightfully mm-hmm. so. They got her set up, but in the meantime, they know. They know he's on his way back, so they're setting all the planting all the seeds for that too. Yeah, now this mm-hmm. is this is Yogati. Yeah, and if we could stay, I guess in the Bay Area ish. So let's look at Jay Diggs dropped in a record called Three Fingers Whack or Whack Three Fingers, and it's pretty much it's a diss record to Whack One Hundred because I guess they have some clubhouse beef or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think Martin sent it to me. And I'm like, wait yeah, a minute, what? To too. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? So then I remember I, I listened to the halfway. I'm like, because you know me, I don't like giving whack any type of energy. Like, dude, why are you giving this so much energy? But then when the song kept going, and then at the halfway point, I was listening to the hook, and I was like, yo, this low key slaps. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. And then, then later on that night, later on that night, I went out. And I, I, I think I went I went somewhere. I forgot where I went. I was going to a bar. And a car came right past me. And I heard, hey, fuck whack 100. I was like, wait, what? I'm blasting this shit. I mean, it's the day, man. Niggas love digs out here. Yeah, man. That, that shit was hilarious. <laughs> shit. But another album, album I listened to, I've been listening to, it came out in March, was, uh, his name is Dindy. I, th- I thought you said his name. Dendi. I think it. I I need to go back and listen. I think it's Dende, but it might. Dende. Be, uh, there you go. You're right. You're right. It's Dende, and he yeah. dropped an album called 95 Civic, and that came out. It came out in March, and I remember mm-hmm. I listened to it a few times, but I, and there was a few songs I really fucked with. But then for whatever reason, I decided to really go back and listen to it. This shit is really fucking good. It, it pretty much oh, plays it's, like it's, a. F- it's extravagant. I, I found mm-hmm. him on. I, I wouldn't even say on accident. I was just scrolling through on Twitter. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it was his tiny desk or it was a live performance, but he looked beat oh. up. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was singing Nightmares, which I yeah, he, he, looked, he, looked, he just looked beat up. And I was like, wait, what's mm-hmm. this? So then I went and pretty much read up the synopsis of the album. And I was like, oh, yeah, let me play this real quick. Um, and this and I don't want to say surprisingly, this was actually a couple of weeks before um, I caught the symptoms. So I was, mm-hmm. you know. I listened to it and I didn't really didn't have much time to talk about it because, you know, I was doing my own thing and then I got sick. But yeah, he's an artist from Houston. Uh, his sound is very R&B and gospel. It's like a blend mm-hmm. of those two. Mm-hmm. And what I read about this album was he tells the story of the breakup with his fiance and he does it using the metaphor of a car accident. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what this project. That's what this. That's what the project is about. So both of the, both him and his ex fiance they were born in 1995, and she used to drive a Honda Civic. Mm-hmm. So he centered that around there. Um, like like you he were dropped saying, an EP before, he dropped an EP before called Before yeah. the Crash. Yeah. yeah. And so like you were saying, Nightmares was how I was introduced to him when he did that live. Swerve, mm-hmm. an excellent track. Wish you well. Um, I forgot who's featured on that record. Um, but it interplodes. 
it, it interplodes uh, Adele's Rolling in the Deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that, was, that, was great, that was a great shit. project. Yeah, Block Me too. That's a good. That's a good ass record too. But yeah, yeah, that that record and pretty much everything that you just listed. That's that's pretty much what I listened to for a bit. But yeah, been kind of slow. But I just have this feeling by the time we leave, I have a feeling more heavyweights are going to start dropping music soon. Hopefully, I don't, it's it was, not I, don't, I don't. I don't think it was slow. I think what happened. I know for me, I was out of it because I didn't get to these records until over this weekend. They've been out for almost two weeks. Mm. So mm-hmm. I know in my instance, it, I don't think it's been slow. I just I've been out the loop trying to survive. Yeah, true. <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, now in terms of AI, mm. that is, man, that's well, before we get to that. Before we get to that, just round of applause to everybody who released projects that I I enjoyed all four of those projects. Had no issues with them. I thought they served the purpose for what they did. This whole AI situation is now about to take another turn because. We have uh, labels and artists now speaking out. They want copyright infringements on, which I believe is is correct in terms of don't put out a record saying this is Drake and, and Weekend and then put it up on the on the DSPs. It's yeah, that coming. was nasty. And not they got like all. they said they got like over five hundred thousand listens or even more than that. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I listened to the record, but I listened to it on Twitter. And I was like, hey, mm. this, is, this is actually not one of them bad AI joints. Like, this is actually pretty good. But at the same time, I was not going to go to a DSP and, and, they, <laughs> and give it up that yeah. way. I wasn't about to and do they that. they had another one. They had another Drake record. I think it was called Coldest Winter or some shit like that. And it literally sounded like some Drake would make. And I was yeah. just like, whoa. Like, if I was Drake, I think it's time to fucking switch shit up. Because that it was literally too easy. And I was just like, oh, okay. This, and I'm hearing them, they putting Rihanna's vocals over Tim Records. Oh, Michael that, Jackson's, was, that was amazing. Yeah, that was that an was, incredible record. Mm-hmm. Having Rihanna sing over that, I was like, oh my God, this literally sounds like a Rihanna record. Huh. See, see, that's that's the case where I I would support this. If you're using this uh, this technology as a songwriter to say, I wrote you a song, this is what I envision it sounding like with you on the song, and these get used as reference joints. So that way, you know, because it's one thing to to be a songwriter, you get either yourself or you know somebody to use for the reference track. That's one thing because then you're like, okay, for the artist that you're pitching it to, okay, I can see it. Let's see what we can do. Now you're using the technology where it's like, oh, this is what I potentially sound like already. Like, okay, dope. Let's let's do it. Or in some cases. Uh, I'm not really feeling it, you know, so be it. But at least if you use this technology for reference tracks and demos, yeah. that's where it's like, okay, we got something we cooking here. But when you're just going out and trying to use this technology for this purpose of, of selling a record in this realm, and then I also want to up it by one. Somebody brought up a good point. They said, well, this is how, this is how you start manufacturing beef. Mm-hmm. You start putting, mm-hmm. you start saying one one rapper saying this about the other rapper, and then now you're making a record, and they look at each other like, "What? I didn't write, I didn't write that." Because mm-hmm. you already it's got you, you already got people with ill intentions and ill minds who go on social media trying to instigate shit. And now you, you got the, now you're coming back with mm-hmm. a record that's completely AI, but you're pitching it and selling it as, "Oh yeah, this is the disc record," and you know niggas don't be fact checking, so so mm-hmm. you you have to deal with that. 
and it's getting better. Like it's some Black Mirror shit, man. Because I remember back in 2010 when Sony got cute and decided to release that Michael Jackson album, that post that post office Michael Jackson album with fake ass Michael Jackson vocals. They called someone in there to like sing other Michael Jackson records and presented it as a Michael Jackson record. They just needed to wait another decade because now they can do that. They can literally do that now if they want mm-hmm. to. But you know, with Michael's voice, nah, that's hard to do. Because they tried to do that for a weekend, and I'm like, nah, you still didn't, didn't get his voice right. But yeah, no, I'm I'm very curious. Somebody brought up a good point that uh, don't be surprised when you start seeing podcasters do this to try to get an extra couple episodes a week. Oh God, that's man, this man, this is spooky shit, man. You should have never yeah. gave you niggas computers. Yeah, no, like again, again, when you put it in the right hands and you use it for, you know some good intentions you're going to get a good product but when you're putting it in the hands of hey i want to hear drake do the story of adidon then it's like okay what are we doing like <laughs> all right jay-z rapping ether that shit was funny yeah like i mean okay this is like it, it's it's funny but it's like you know you putting it in the hands of niggas who don't want to push the envelope and push it forward you're just doing mm-hmm. dumb shit with it like yeah. I, I, mean, I always look back to twitter and disney saying we're not buying this because it's too nasty <laughs> could you imagine Twitter under Disney? They would have took it to the next round, but it was because motherfuckers was doing <laughs> they were doing too much. I, I showed, I showed Mike and said, "Nah, I'm cool." I showed Britt the the meme of uh, of former mayor Lori uh, Littlefoot when she was mm-hmm. trying to get people vaxxed, and she put that money on the ground, and somebody retweeted, and edited, it and put the money on the ground, and said, "Do it, be squirting." <laughs> <laughs> she just looking, she goes, Jay, you're disgusting. <laughs> nah, this morning before we dude, this morning before we recorded, dog, someone put it up an AI version of Munch, but it's it's Michael Jackson singing Munch, like the Ice oh, Spice God. song. And they had and they had the thriller shit with Michael with the with uh what's it, Ice Spice's hair. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> never gave you niggas computers. Yeah. No, oh never, man. Never should have. To mention this real quick before we move on. I guess Elon Musk took away everyone's blue check marks, you know, who he didn't want to pay. And then a day later, or a few days later, he gave back everybody, he gave all, everybody blue check marks with over a million followers. He gave it right back to them. Yep. <laughs> yeah, go figure that one. Yeah. Blue sky. I just, I, just think I just think it's funny that now I have to go in and I gotta, I gotta double check to make sure it's the real Wiz Khalifa. That's saying what he's saying. So I don't get mm-hmm. it because, because as we, speaking of Ice Spice, I thought it was funny how they said the boy's a liar. Part two should have been the official theme song for the NBA playoffs, which is going to take <laughs> us right into basketball talk because it sounds like uh, uh, Pink, uh, what the hell's her name? Pink Powers? Pink, Pan- Powers? Pink, Pink, Pink Panthers? Panthers? Yeah. Pink Panthers. Now she she's singing the boy's a liar, but it sounds like the boy's a layup. <laughs> <laughs> and so so they so now you just see all the i don't know if you've seen the video of the the hype video of uh of all the guys uh in their highlight tapes but you just see like jason tatum going up for a mean dunk and you just hear the boys a layup the boys no, a layup but yeah now no nah, no nah, we 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 here for my talk been waiting, baby. We hear from my talk, man. NBA playing and playoffs. Uh, like I said, I was trying to get uh, I was trying to get us on that Monday going into the play-in, so always we get predictions, but it just didn't work out that way, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I went on Twitter and I put my predictions up, anyways. 
Uh, mm-hmm. So far, I've been right. I am mm. right. I'm right <laughs> with all this shit. Uh, <laughs> Kings and Warriors, I said, is going to be the series. Oh yeah, it is. They're like they're literally like Agent Smith and Neo out there, man. Yes, yeah, the, King, the Kings are a basically a startup of what the Warriors used to be when they first mm. came up. Everybody, like kept, everybody kept everybody kept writing off the Kings, and I'm like, uh, they ain't a three seed for no reason. I watched them mm. a, a good amount of times throughout the season, and even though they're they only had I think one or one at most nationally televised game, I was like, mm-hmm. that's what we got league pass for, and I watched them. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, they mm. was giving it to the Lakers, so I watched them in those games too. But the Kings are a very, a very, uh, they just move fast. It's a fast moving team. They are, and, and De'Aaron Fox is he is him. He's coming. He is. He is. He has, he has arrived. Um, and you know, putting him up with the Warriors, we got a lot uh, in those first two games with the Kings taking, taking those first two, and the Warriors. Uh, holding home serve so it's now tied 2-2 but those first two games boy you had e40 ejected out of a uh, game one off of some bullshit as far as i'm concerned and then you had Draymond stopping ejected, ejected out of game two which i thought oh that's Draymond being Draymond. and uh yeah then then you had game four which was man uh, basically an nba instant classic we thought steph was gonna pull a Chris Webber and blow it all, which would have set the world, Ooh, the whole NBA world on fire. Oh, man. But, but they passed it out to Harrison Barnes, and people were quickly reminded why the Warriors had no problem trading Harrison Barnes so they could acquire <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> you should have saw, no, and then when Draymond fucking dapped up uh, Steph, he's like, yeah, we've seen this movie before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or Jason had the best tweet because he said he was at the airport. He said as soon as as soon as the ball left um, Harrison Barnes' hand, everybody said brick. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh shit, man! man. No, I, I, I knew that series was going to be the one, and it's lived up to all the hype. Uh, Celtics over the Hawks, Knicks over the Cavs, Nuggets over the Wolves, and Suns over the Clippers. Those are all three to one as we as we were speaking. Um, now you're Lakers. The only one, the only one out of those I didn't really see being that. I thought Knicks and Cavs was gonna go seven. That's really the only one where I was like, oh, it can still go I, seven. It, it, that's it can not, still that's go not going. That's that's not going seven at all. You, still, you never know. <laughs> no, no that, never that's know. not that's not going seven. There's <laughs> there's you're not familiar with with some of these uh, teams and the narratives that have gone around. Donovan mm. Mitchell has looked like shit. Oh shit! You see, you're the second person to tell me that. My homegirl told me that. Now you're telling me that. God damn! Donovan Mitchell hit like eight field goals or something like that over this entire weekend in New York. Well, goddamn, he's looked horrible, and the Knicks are actually looking very wise for passing up on that trade because mm. the balls become very stagnant. Aside from the Cavs in that third quarter in Game Four, the balls mm-hmm. really stagnant, and their their two bigs aren't really big in. So yeah, I have the Cavs might win Game Five, but I have no. I think that one's over in six at most. Hmm. Um, Nuggets I picked in five, so that's pretty much on brand. Suns and, and Clippers I picked the Suns I think in six, mm-hmm. but yeah, we didn't really anticipate and probably should have anticipated Kawhi coming in for a few games and then disappearing. Uh, oh man, that's just that's the that's the legacy of the Clippers. The Clippers are just so focused on trying to trying to beat out the Lakers that they just don't they don't recognize that there's a whole other league besides the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Legitimately, like that's that's what a game they they won game one, 
And ever since then, it just hasn't looked good. And the one person that's pretty much held the Clippers in this entire time has been none other than Russell Westbrook. Yeah. He, they're going out. I'll give them this. The Clippers are going out fighting. They yeah. are going out fighting. They're like the Lions. They go out fighting. Yes. So, but the Suns have Kevin Durant, and they also have mm-hmm. Devin Booker. Yeah, and Chris Paul. Surprisingly, they got Chris Paul. Chris Paul was like, "Yeah, fuck y'all. <laughs> Game three's mine." Um, yeah, yeah. So those those are all there. Uh, Lakers and the Heat have opportunities to go up three one this evening because uh, we're recording in the morning. Um, mm-hmm. The Heat are up two one. I'm not going to say that they're up by that because of Giannis being out. Uh, they definitely had the potential before, but I will say Giannis being out with the back contusion that he suffered in game one, definitely has a part to play in that Mm. Lakers. They had me excited in game one. They pissed me off in game two. (laughs) Then I was very indifferent in game three because it's just like, they don't have this pedigree to act like they're superior then. And they can start doing side missions, but they do it. And then they end up getting in trouble as a result. Uh, Game one, Austin Reeves was telling the world I'm him. And Lakers fans was looking at y'all. Like we've been telling y'all that he was him. Y'all kept telling us that we were overhyping him. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that was. Man was putting up 35 points every other game. So now he's your like little the, mini Brock Purdy. He's your mini Brock Purdy. <laughs> that's not Brock. That's not mini Brock Purdy, my nigga. That's that's Hillbilly Kobe. I, we we had that nickname from last year, last season. I, we, we kept telling people about. We kept telling people about Austin Reeves. Nobody was trying to hear us. And okay, it's not a Brock Purdy because Austin Reeves didn't just come out this year. He was doing it last year. Oh, he's doing it last year. Okay, he hit a game winning three pointer against the Mavericks last year. You saw it. We hit oh, it in yeah, Dallas. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. him. I remember, I remember that. I remember. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. That motherfucker going like, I'm him. I'm him. Like, I was like, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I we know. know. We've, been, we've been telling you, like, he's that nigga. Um, then game two came around. John Moran almost broke his hand, and so he was out game two. And what do the Lakers do? They come out like fucking zombies. Shit the bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, that it's just that's the. That's the experience of being a Lakers fan, where you think they're about to take to the next level, and then they just fall back and they don't do shit. Dylan Brooks went out and, you know, basically talked his talk, which I wasn't upset about. Talk your talk. That's what you're supposed to do. You're trying to hype yourself up as a heel. But then when he Mm -hmm. shows up and and it's not even about him shitting the bed in game three. It's when he then runs away from the smoke. It's like you ain't no real dog. Like you can shit the bed all you want. You can shit the bed all you want, but at least go to the microphone and be the villain. He didn't even do that. Didn't even do that. Didn't even just like like he didn't know I got nothing to say. Didn't even go to the podium. At least Draymond would have did that shit. But shit, like he didn't Uh, even do that. And then, yeah, you know, then and in his comeback interview, he was all going like, oh, you know, the media is just making me out to be a villain and they're, they're making drama out of nothing. Like, nigga, what? You started this. You wanted that. Yeah. And then, so game three occurs, Lakers are mud stomping their ass out, which was, you know, I, I didn't expect that, but I expect them to come with some more energy. But then you notice they started playing into that Dylan Brooks narrative and they started making sure LeBron was attacking, going at Dylan Brooks. And it just, it, it allowed the, the Grizzlies to not only come back, but in that fourth quarter, job put up like 23 or 25 points in the fourth quarter alone. None now, he got rhythm, now he got rhythm going into game four, and it's like, they ended the first quarter up by 26 and they won by 10 and they didn't get a chance to sit their starters. You know, they, they just keep playing with the food. And it's like, at what point do you guys realize you don't have this pedigree to focus on side missions, accomplish Mm -hmm. the main goal first, then you can start doing that. But you guys haven't done anything as a unit together. Uh, So we'll see how that takes place. Uh, Sixers are the only ones where they like, yeah, fuck this shit. We out of here. They went and swept the Nets four zero. 
mm-hmm. there was some some beef and some funk in game three. Uh, was it Joel Embiid kicked homeboy so hard that he fucked up his knee, so he missed game four. Yeah. Uh, James Harden got ejected. There was a lot of stuff going on, but the Sixers they held they held that down, and they're the first team that's officially in the second round. So we're gonna see how all these games play out over the next few days, but. The first round of basketball and the play-in this year have been some of the best basketball I've seen postseason in a long time. It it's really been, was. As, as a collective. There's been great games throughout the past few years, but as a collective, up and down, all rounds and all series, this has been amazing basketball. Mm. Yeah, it, it really has been. Even It's entertaining for me, too. The play-in is the best thing that Joe – what's his name? Who's the, who's the commissioner? Adam Silver. Adam Silver, I call him Joe Silver. I'm calling that was the best thing Adam Silver ever came up with is the play-in, that the play-in tournament. That's the best thing he ever came up with. Should have came up with that years ago. Yeah. That shit, that that's great TV, man. Shit. So yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty much like the wild card, the wild card positioning. Fucking love it. Playoffs. Yeah, love yeah this actually, shit. yeah, that's a that's a good way to put it. It's the wild card. It's, yeah, pretty much that's what it is. It's wild card weekend. So well, week. Yeah, well, week. I don't know why I said weekend. I keep thinking NFL. Have you have you tried? Have you watched the XFL? Try to watch any glimpse of it? No. Yeah. I just know the I just know their playoffs start this weekend, and I'm like, damn, that sucks for y'all because I'm watching basketball playoffs. Everyone's watching the NBA right now, man. It's like no, no one's I, watching I, the XFL. I genuinely, I genuinely don't know why the XFL and the USFL are not leagues that happen in the summertime. I don't get it. <laughs> Not during the spring, man. You got to let basketball breathe. No one's really thinking about football right now. Right, because it's not, just, it's not just the NBA. You got both You got both tournaments mm-hmm. in, in college. You got the men's and the women's. And the women's just had a had a renaissance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, just, I, I, don't, I don't mind the XFL and the USFL, but do that shit in the summertime. Yeah, that leads right into fucking training camp and shit. Right. But, you know, what can you do? Yeah. <sighs> Let's see. I don't think there's anything. Anything else we want to mention when it comes nah, to like NBA? I, co- I covered it all. Yeah. Good timing. Yeah, pretty much we covered everything. Snowfall. We might see Franklin somewhere on the street, not around me. <laughs> what if he's around saying? me? Man, that happened in 1990. You think he made it the full 33 years? You must be out your damn mind. No, I'm just, it was just, it was just a 50 cent joke. You think around me, around the court? <laughs> not around me. Shit. Oh yeah! Shout out <laughs> around the corner, around the block, not around me. Power is still powering. I look, just the show just keeps getting better, man. I just yeah, we'll dive into that next episode. I know. I'm, I'm just mentioning it. Just uh, we're still watching this shit. Fucking love it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, on that note. This is episode two ninety four, right? Yes, yeah. Sir. Episode two ninety four of the most sort of consistent podcast in the area. You can always follow us on Twitter. Shout out to Mr. Fab. You can follow me at Mr. Busby for lowercase 08. You can follow us on Twitter at Theological SP. You can always follow us on Instagram at Theological Sense. And of course, on that Facebook. And on all social media, you can find me at JC No Hunters. Again, I'm I'm tweeting, talking basketball, whatnot. but I, I really think this might be the final episode before I officially become a father. So leave me alone because <laughs> I ain't going to get no sleep. And if anybody's listening to this podcast right now, send me that blue sky invite. 
If y'all don't know what Blue Sky is, it's it's pretty much the new. Oh, Twitter. you don't want that. You don't want that. Why? They already said. They already said when if you go up with that the um, the code that isn't the official code that you get when they uh-huh. update the servers, you're you're screwed. Okay. Well, yeah, you don't want that. either way, either way, yeah, there's just, like, just just wait it out. Twitter ain't dead yet. Like a, so. <laughs> shit, they said that waitlist is at 1.5 million. So there's yeah. gonna be a whole migration to that app when that shit opens up for everybody. Yeah, but the problem isn't the migration; it's who's gonna stay there. So it's good. You yeah, know, true, the, true. Many many competitors came out from McDonald's. McDonald's still selling over a billion cheeseburgers. So you know, true that, true that. But on that note, we out this bitch. Yes, sir. Peace. Peace. Peace.